It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. It's been a challenging stock market this year, to say the least. Now, we know that challenging stock markets do happen from time to time. And when they do, they present unique financial planning opportunities that you can take advantage of. So what strategies should you consider to be opportunistic during this bear market? We're helping with that and more on this Hour of Wise Money. How to be not offensive, but how to be on offense right? Your gut instinct is to play defense or is to be worried. And I get that. I get it. We get it. Your CFP gets that. Uh, And yet at the same time, we're trying to recognize that there are opportunities that are created during these unique time periods. And uh, we're going to help you with that today. If you have a question or need some help, we are here. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. So, okay, I started getting on my soapbox, and then I had to go back and tell you how to connect with us. But let me get back on that soapbox. During turbulent market times, we know that they happen. This is a feature of the stock market. They're all scary and unique in their own way, and yet we also know that they're going to happen. Just about every year, the market's going to drop from a high point to a low point of 14%. You've got to expect that. That's, That's an average. Um, every 18 months or so, um, we'll officially have a correction and, um, every four years or so we'll have a bear market. Successful investors take advantage of these times and they do so in a couple different ways. They don't panic and then they look for opportunities and exploit those opportunities. So what are those opportunities? We're going to help you. We're going to lay out our list today and, and hopefully this gives you some ammunition, some talking points for your CFP that for the, the next meeting that you have with them. So the very first way to be playing offense during this time of unique opportunities is the obvious and logical one. In fact, I'm going to quote another financial professional. Ben Carlson has a podcast and, and he's a financial professional. And he, he said recently, the more pessimistic that I am in the short term, the more optimistic that I am about the long term. So the first way to be opportunistic during a market downturn is to be a buyer, not a seller of stocks. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people know that, um, but living it and and not getting sucked up with the emotion is the hard part, right? Because it's more instinctual. If, if it's not instinctual to want to try to sell when things are in a decline, it's at least instinctual to want to stop buying. Yep. Because you watch your statements, you know, you you recognize I'm putting new money into my 401k, for example, every pay period, there's new cash going in, and yet the balance is shrinking. And you could tell yourself pretty quickly that I'm just throwing this money down the drain. You know, like I, I've lost that money, I can't get it back. And part of that is just the the function of when we're watching our, our investment statements, we're just looking at the dollar amount, right? We don't, we haven't trained ourselves always to be looking at no, I bought more shares. I actually own something. And yes, 
it's true that you know uh, investors out there, if I were to cash in these investments, there are people out there that would buy them from me, and they're willing to pay less today. That's what really is being reported to you on your statements. And so if you can avoid being a seller during these times, that's great. But it's far better to be the buyer, right? Be the one who's willing to gobble up the, the bargains that other people, unfortunately, are being driven emotionally to take action on and, and giving up good deals. Yeah, I, I think this is, this is the time where people are either going to get it right and they will see over the long term how, how well this did. Like the guy that says, I'm, I'm most optor, op, optimistic when I'm in the long term and I'm most pessimistic in the short term. Yeah. So the, those folks that can keep that perspective. I think about this and I think if I'm – as I approach a bear market – um, or if I'm in a bear market, do I really want to listen to three guys talk about opportunities? <laughs> and and instinctively, I, I really don't. And so what I would encourage you with right now is, all right, the first thing that you need to do, because you might be looking at this, you might be looking, you might work in an industry that you're saying, hey, my industry has already started to slow down. So not only is the stock market going down, but my my job now might be at risk. Mm-hmm. So I would say work on your, your mental and your emotional health. Throw off discouragements. Uh, say the affirmations that you need to hear. Work to get the kind of support you need, and get your get a strong get a firm foundation that you can build on to make some of these decisions. Because some of these decisions are going to take some meaningful resolve to do the right things. At this time, it it will seem foolish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know Warren Buffett says, "Be greedy when others are fearful, and fearful when others are greedy." And the, the fear component has started to seep in. Yeah. And so you say, well, what's you know, the antidote to fear? Well, that's, that's love. Um, but that, that's for... That's, that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not by three boring guys. <laughs> well, uh, so the, here's the thing. What are some tangible things that you could do? Increase your 401k contribution, maybe 1%. And normally we're going to encourage you to do that at the beginning of the year. Maybe do that right now. Um, If you've got some cash sort of in the holster where you've been thinking, yeah, I'm going to fund that Roth IRA. I'm probably going to fund that Roth IRA. Maybe I'll wait until tax time to do that. Maybe consider doing it now. And here's the thing, guys. Time, your time horizon is critical because... It could get worse before it gets better. There could be a time where you say, hey, these three nerds on the Wise Money Show said, uh, now's the time to be opportunistic. And three months later, that money is has decreased in value. They were wrong. Let me tell you. So this is, this is hard to say. I'm sharing it on the radio. First time talking about this. In 2008, in the spring of 2008, a family friend which is always dangerous, reached out to me and said, hey, we need some help. They were 35. And I'm not sure that we're doing the right things. And I take a look at their 401k statements, both of them, and both of them at 35, all their contributions, they had no idea what they were going into. They were going into cash. And it was early 2008. And you guys know we were all feeling, yeah, this could get dicey, whatever. But I told them, hey, you probably need to be taking more risk. And they did. And then the bottom fell out. 
Mm-hmm. And I, guys, I have felt so bad about that for, I did for so long, but I was right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're still working. <laughs> they're still right. working. And yes, for two years, that timing was uh, unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of their life, that timing was fantastic. Right. And so it could get worse before it gets better. In fact, it still feels a little bit like we could be early. Like the, they were still on the edge, maybe, of a financial downturn. But still, you can buy shares right now in the stock market where you're paying a significantly lower multiple of earnings than you did a year ago. Stocks, I would say, aren't cheap, but they're cheaper. Mm-hmm. They're on the road to being cheap. They're at least fairly priced or leaning towards bargain territory, yeah, right? Right. And that wasn't the case a year ago. No, we were saying they were expensive. We did multiple shows saying valuations are scary, guys, or threatening. Right. Right. So if you're someone who is holding cash or you just receive new cash, it may seem absolutely crazy to throw money into the market when it is in a decline. So that's why you ease your way in, right? You choose a pace that you're going to set aside dollars every single month, uh, maybe over the next 10 months or so, buying in at maybe lower and lower prices. But the point is, uh, you're you're getting action. You're you're getting underway. That's right. So this was the obvious one. This is the obvious way to be opportunistic. But guys, I need to hear it too because my emotions tell me otherwise. What are other ways that you can be opportunistic during this bear market? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, the market's serving lemons. How can you make some lemonade? How can you be opportunistic during this bear market? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Subscribe to it or follow us there. Rate the program there as well. We appreciate it. All right, we're talking about uh, you know the, the market. It's just been an awful year. And I think one of the reasons why it feels so awful right now is, well, two unique things. Number one, the how long it's been down. The, the past couple of drawdowns have been very short, and then they've snapped back. But then the third is um, your defense hasn't been defensive. Uh, your, the bonds in your portfolio have dropped significantly this is the worst year in the bond market ever and so if you are playing normal hey offense and defense and uh your, your bonds haven't been playing defense this is, this is challenging at the same time these downturns in the market present unique opportunities that successful investors take advantage of the first is the obvious one and that is be a buyer not a seller of stocks now kevin you were mentioning at the break make sure if you're feeling opportunistic Make sure you're keeping the right amount in cash, though. Don't 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 burn through your emergency fund like a lot of people did when they opened a Robinhood account and bought meme stocks a couple years ago. Which, by the way, those accounts are being closed at record paces right mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. I've just seen some horror stories of what's going on. So make sure you've got the right emergency fund. And then if there's extra dollars, that could be diverted to the long term. That's exactly right. And that's why contributions to long-term investments, this is a financial planning question, isn't it? You know, when you're building for a bright future, that's awesome, except you've got to have a fantastic, strong foundation to build upon. And that has to do with how you're managing your cash flow. Uh, that may be coming under attack, it feels like. If if you feel like your job is in jeopardy or a recession is kind of bearing in on your industry, um, you, you may feel like your cash flow and your present financial life 
is in jeopardy, and that that's like uh, cracks forming in the in the foundation. So making sure you've got a strong emergency fund, and that you are pre-funding the things that you know are going to be just normal living expenses out on the on the short-term horizon here. I think is important. That's how you have confidence to set money aside into more growth-oriented investments and um, investments, especially that you can be patient to let them kind of ride through the roller coaster without having to to tap into them for some sort of an emergency or a life need of of some kind. Yeah, so that you don't have a personal liquidity crisis. Yeah, and so that you don't need to sell something that's been depressed in price in order to raise money to do something. And so this is where your confidence factor uh, goes up if you've got the right emergency three-bank account system, that whole program. Well, you guys know I've been politicking trying to change the name of the emergency fund to the financial confidence account. And if you've got those reserves in place, that's what gives you financial confidence in in sort of the midst of great uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Second way to be opportunistic right now, advantage Roth is consider switching or making your 401k contributions Roth 401k contributions, if allowed, or funding the Roth IRA. Now, why is that? The structure, the the treatment of the Roth is there's no tax benefit when you make that contribution. But then the growth on those contributions, as long as you meet the requirements, you've held it long enough, 59 and a half, blah, blah, blah. Um, all the growth is tax-free. So if right now prices are low, and again, I feel like we need to say this disclaimer 19 times on the show today, they could get lower. It could get cheaper. But if you are buying low and there's more upside potential uh, over the long term because of these low prices, I'd want that growth in a tax-free account. Do you want to pay tax on that growth or not? And right now, um, a lot of people, I would say one way to be opportunistic is look and say, well, maybe we should switch to Roth. Yes, and switch to Roth in the context of a financial plan. So the tax planning says if I'm if I could if I can put twenty thousand five hundred into a four hundred one k today, because I'm less than fifty years old, I could put twenty grand in. If that twenty grand needs to be pre taxed to get me below certain thresholds in order to qualify for certain credits or deductions or fill in the blank. You need to be aware of that. And this mm-hmm. is where you want to have an integrated financial plan, not yeah. just a, hey, I just heard this really smart sounding guy on the radio say, switch to Roth. So I switched to Roth. Mm-hmm. And then you realized you're, you you missed the boat by, I mean, you, you might miss out on the retirement savers credit. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a credit for saving money into a retirement account, depending on your, your taxable income and all this other stuff. And that's why you'll hear us talk uh, so highly about Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks on this show, but we never present it as if it's a universal recommendation. Absolutely. Because in your specific, unique situation, it may be to your detriment to use a Roth uh, contribution instead of a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k. And Kevin was was referencing some of those points where your tax picture starts creeping into certain income thresholds, and all of a sudden you disqualify yourself some for some really great tax savings, all because you were doing a good thing using a Roth tool, but uh, good is the enemy of great, as we always say, right? Yeah. It, so. it is. So uh, meeting with a client recently where earlier this year, because of the economic boom that we were seeing, uh, they far surpassed some work milestones and got a bonus that was bigger than normal. And so we've been working this plan of funding the Roth 401k 
unless they got into the next tax bracket. And we did the, he sent me the pay stub. We did the math and I said, Hey, you're going to be about 15 grand in the next tax bracket. Should we pivot and start doing pre-tax? And based on what the market was doing, he said, absolutely not. We continue with Roth. And I, I agree. The point is make it a financial planning decision. Look at all six areas of your financial life so you understand the trade-offs. And again, you can make the great choice among a range of good choices. Now, the third the, the third tip, the third way to be opportunistic during this time is similar to funding the Roth IRA, and that is doing a Roth conversion. So, Kevin, you often say, and I'm going to tee up for this, there's two ways to get money into a Roth. Yes. You can contribute, and you've got a certain amount that you can contribute based on your age. It's either six or 7000 or you can convert. And when you convert, you take pre-tax or after-tax money that's in an IRA, a traditional IRA, and you move it into a Roth IRA. And and once you move it into that Roth IRA, any amount of that that conversion that you've never paid taxes on, there will you will pay the tax bill in that current year. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea with these Roth IRAs, whether you're funding them the first way that Kevin said, just out of money that you've earned and you have cash that you're making a deposit of of new new contributions into the account or you're taking existing IRA dollars and flipping them over into a Roth, doing the Roth conversion. In either way, the the whole idea here, the the premise of a Roth is if I'm planting acorns in my retirement nest egg here, uh, I want to pay tax on the little acorns so that the big oak trees I'm harvesting completely tax-free in the future, right? Pay your tax with the little dollars. And unfortunately, right now, it's a time when many people's retirement assets have been compressed, at least on paper. And if you convert, if you get money out of that IRA, money that's never been taxed before, pay your tax while they're temporarily small and let them recover in the future tax-free, man, you're setting yourself up for a stronger position down the road. And again, this is a strategy. This isn't a recommendation. The recommendation comes when you're sitting with your certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning. They see all six areas of your financial life and know your goals and what you're striving for so they see how that how those six areas are working together to help you achieve those goals. And then they're doing proactive tax planning because you could Roth convert yourself right into some serious tax problems or you know, withhold or do some other things that are sort of no-nos. We've created uh, a lot of videos, content on the Wise Money Show YouTube channel about some of the things you need to look out for. But the point is, consider this working with your CFP doing financial planning. What are some other ways to be opportunistic right now in the market? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Is there a way to be opportunistic with this bear market as it relates to helping your kids with college, maybe your grandkids with college? Yes, there is, in fact, an important state tax law change in Indiana that we're going to tell you about as well. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. We're breaking down ways that you can play offense right now instead of defense. Everyone right now either wants to play more defense or they want to pick up their ball and go home. I feel that too, guys. Depends on the day. Depends on the minute, right? But 
we know that these times in the market and bear markets, they happen. They happen. And so we all need the reminder that, okay, well, if we knew it was going to happen, you know, five years from now, what would we want to tell ourselves today to do? What would the 65-year-old you want to tell you today? And, uh, and it would be, well, let's make some wise choices and be opportunistic. Let's make some lemonade out of the lemons. And we're giving you that list or a list to get started on right now. The fourth opportunity that exists and presents itself right now is funding a 529 plan for your child or grandchild. And you might say, well, why is that an opportunity now? It's always there. I, I know. However, the planning for college is tricky. It's long-term because it's got, you got 18 years, but then it's extremely short-term as soon as you're ready to use the money. So it's this weird, big goal that you've got to, that you've got to, you know, solve. Um, buying investing into the 529 plan when prices are low, you're going to get that same tax growth. I love that analogy, Josh, the, you know, pay tax on the acorn so you can not pay tax on the tree. Love that. That's how the raw, that's why the, that's how the 529 plan works as well. It's basically the college Roth IRA. Yeah. The, the difference though, between saving into your 401k for retirement versus saving into the 529 plan is obviously time horizon. You know, you're, you're accumulating for a shorter period of time. Now, it feels long as a young parent, but as someone who's into the high school years with our kids, I'll tell you, man, it goes by fast. And we're going to blink. And the, the college years are going to be upon us. And in, in many ways, you, you get almost a, a glimpse into what the transition into retirement is going to look like, only you're watching your kids do it into uh, the, the college years. And, and here's what I mean by that. You have to have great a, a great plan for how you transition from the accumulation phase to the spend down phase, and uh, sometimes people will rely upon just these target enrollment date funds, which are almost like an autopilot type of an option for accumulating money for for college. The issue is, it's a preconceived schedule, like it's already predefined how they're going to steadily reduce the risk in these in these accounts. That may or may not line up well with what the market is throwing out there, though. So you need to be careful just on how much you rely upon autopilot. And uh, this, is, this is certainly one of those goals where I think it's important to be consulting with your certified financial planner on how you adjust the, the mix of investments. But those of you who, like, like me, maybe you have some high school kids at home, um, boy, I you may be timing this just perfectly yeah. because this, this bear market that we're in right now may be the last bear market opportunity for you to be buying low and get that slingshot effect, that rebound effect on the other side. And just like it's so important, it's, it's a wonderful blessing, I'll, I'll at least say, to retire into a bear market, have your first few years of retirement be in a bear market, boy, it's nice to enroll into a bear market and see some growth that's happening uh, just just on the eve of going off to college. Now, I recently, I've got three kiddos and the oldest is seventh grade. So we've got some time. And, and so this, again, I'm looking at this as an opportunity. I, I increased my contribution to the 529. We contribute on the 15th of every single month, automatic. And it's because I used to think I was so good and I would remember to make that once a year contribution. And then I thought, 
uh, I don't want to forget, number one. Number two, I want a dollar cost average. And number three, I'm not that good to always have to remember that. So I set it up automatically. And um, as the year started progressing, I increased that contribution. But I did that for two reasons. One, I did want to buy more shares when the price is low. But number two, in Indiana. So the 529, how it's structured, how it works from it as a tax shelter is like the Roth IRA. And that's similar to like that's built into the federal tax code but each state then has the ability to say i want you know we we want to have another state tax incentive on top of that well of those states that have that many of them it's a deduction what you contribute it's a deduction blah 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 um well in indiana it's a credit and it's been a 20 percent state tax credit on the first five grand that you contribute now that goes apply that applies to your indiana state tax mm -hmm. so if you don't pay indiana state tax there's really no benefit to you well, starting 1-1 one, one of 2023, that 20% tax credit is still going to be there. But it's not on five grand that you contribute. It's on the first 7,500 you contribute. And so that means the credit now is $1,500 potentially. So that's an increased credit. And so I saw the market dropping and I said, well, I'm going to shift to this higher contribution amount anyway. So let's just do it now. And yeah. you might want to do that as well. Let me give you one more reason that maybe you need to be considering increasing your contributions. Uh, you, you mentioned the market's down, so you're being an opportunistic buyer. The tax incentives have increased, so you want to take advantage of that. The third may just be because you need to in order to hit the goal. Mm -hmm. You know, When was the last time you revisited your readiness or the pace that you're on towards this college, college goal? That was the reason that I increased my contributions to our kids' education accounts earlier this year. Yes, I wanted to be a buyer as we were going into a bear market, and yes, I love tax incentives, but at the end of the day, it's also, where are you on, on your game plan? Are you behind pace? Are you ahead of pace? Where are you? And uh, I actually just had that same conversation with a client this week, and they, they said, yeah, we have, a, we have a lofty goal. We're not on pace to fund it properly. We're still committed to funding it. So now we're going to take advantage of these bigger income years, and we're going we're gonna to crank up the contributions. Yeah, when I think uh, 529, I think behavioral finance, because in 2007, that was the first year that you could get the credit. And for some people that are phased out of almost everything, you can still get a credit yeah. for saving money for in into a 529 plan. Well, especially if you're an Indiana resident. Mm -hmm. So, as an Indiana resident, we had people, and and now they were they had been contributing to a different state's 529 plan because of, of different investment choices. But now, if you lived in Indiana, you really didn't have a choice because the credit was so good. So, people put money in 2007 and 2008, and by 2009, when it was time to contribute again, they said, "I don't want to contribute until the market comes back." And that is behavioral finance. That's a nice way of putting it. Can I just say? Uh, there were a lot of comments that weren't as nice. Hey, remember you had this idea. This, right. was, this is a bad idea. Right. How am I going? How is this? How is this 10,000 that I put in that you've grown to 6,500? How is this going to educate my grandkids? How is this going to educate my children or, or fill in the blank? And for those folks, that stay, I mean, it was really the tale of two investors because for the people that didn't add another penny, they were amazed at how that 6,500 came back and grew. Yeah. But for the people that added the $5,000 and were faithful and, and 
in 09 and 10 yeah. and 11. Though their results were, were unbelievable. Many of them I'm seeing, and I don't know, guys, if you're seeing this as well, many of those folks have kids in college right now. Right. And they, they have been reducing risk into this time period. Um, and, you know, when you look at their, when you log in, you look at their account, you look at their statement, the amount of gain it tells you right there, like cumulative gain is, is significant. It's fan, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, one way to be opportunistic right now when the market's low is to be funding that 529 plan for your kids, your grandkids. What are some other opportunities? We're going to finish our list here of ways you can be opportunistic in a bear market. We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel, as well as just a lot of other content, guys. And it just feels like the financial world, the world period, is changing quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was as the world was changing really quickly during the pandemic that Kevin Corhorn walked into my office office like a prophet once again and said we need to start doing videos every single day and what was my response there's no way there's no (laughs) there's no way but we wanted to provide you guys with ideas and considerations and and financial planning perspectives on an ongoing basis in real time and we've got that on the wise money youtube channel so go to youtube search the wise money show and subscribe to it there and then turn on notifications so you're ready where every time we drop a new uh, a full talk show like we're doing right now, but then all the other content that we air all throughout the all throughout the week. So, speaking of timely advice, timely content, and that is, we're all feeling the pain of this market drawdown this year, and it's unique in a, because of a few different reasons. It, guys, it could get worse before it gets better, but successful investors take advantage of times like these, and you five years from now, ten years from now would want to tell yourself right now to take advantage of this time period. So how do you take advantage of it? Uh, we're helping you with that right now. That The next one is funding that HSA or maybe even turning your HSA into an investment HSA. But there's there's a key point you've got to get right if you're going to do that. So, But let's talk about how does the HSA work? Why, why, why would we bring this up as an opportunity? Well, the HSA is a health savings account. And a lot of times if you talk to people and you say, hey, what kind of health insurance do you have? They say, I have an HSA. Well, actually, that's not health insurance. Health. If you have a high deductible health plan, as determined by the, the regulation, you may be eligible to fund an HSA, which is a health savings account. Now, if you really want to be popular at the cocktail party, <laughs> when you're talking to someone about this and they say, oh, yeah, I've got an HSA plan, just stop them right there and say, oh, no, no. And educate them? And no, no, no. <laughs> you, you actually have a high deductible health plan. No. You, That's right. So, which makes mistaken. you eligible for an HSA. <laughs> That's right. That'll be the end of that conversation. You can go back to eating the, you know, the, in the same hot way, dogs. In, a, <laughs> in the same way, here, I'll take another pig in a blanket, please. Uh, so in the same way, there's two ways to get money into a Roth IRA, right? Contribute or convert. There are two ways to get money into an HSA. You can do it via payroll deduction, which is better. Um, It's not allowed if you are an owner, uh, more than I think a 2% owner. um, And it's 
that's uh, voluntary compliance, if you will. So make sure you <laughs> you get no. You got to get yeah, that yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. No, seriously. Right. Yep. Um, so comply. We're into compliance around here. And so uh, if you own more than 2%, you can't do it. So if you're an owner, think, all right, I, I'm going to have to do it the other way. What's the other way? I write a check. Why would I want to do it the first way through payroll? I want to do it the first way through payroll because I then don't pay the 7.65 uh, on both sides of the, you know, the. the, the For FICA tax. Yes, yeah, FICA tax. That's, that's easiest. So I, I, on a $7,000 contribution, Seven point six. I'm saving about five hundred bucks in taxes. So not only am I saving FICA taxes, I'm not paying federal or state taxes. Yeah. So it's that it's a pretty amazing deal. Now the question is, how am I going to use that? Am I going to use that on an ongoing basis to pay for ongoing medical bills and expenses, or am I going to just rack up the money and pay for my medical expenses out of pocket? And if I choose to do that, once I've got a certain critical mass in my HSA, I probably want to consider investing that money. But the mm-hmm. key point then is if you're going to do that, then you've got to have a mechanism in place with your cash and cash flow to make sure that any out-of-pocket medical expenses you can cover out of cash flow. You would not want to do this if you just said, yeah, I'm assuming we're not going to have any medical expenses. Let's just invest that sucker. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, your kid jams their pinky playing football and you put ice on it and tell them they're fine. And they go <laughs> through, you know, the next three days suffering through. And then you realize, oh, the bone was sticking out almost through the skin. <laughs> this is a very vivid hypothetical. This that is you're hypothetical. Here. It, it may or may not have happened in the Bernard household recently. <laughs> and, uh, and then all of a sudden you got to get a cast on that thing and, you know, hopefully not surgery. So that's right. Uh, you, you wouldn't want to make that blunder. At all, but you wouldn't want to make it in a bear market if your HSA is temporarily compressed, right? Every parent has that story. Am I? Can I get an amen? Every parent has the okay. Kid tends to cry wolf with injuries, and then they actually get injured, and you say, "Suck it up, Buttercup," and they're actually hurt, like really hurt. They're actually hurt, and their finger will be in the shape of an L for the rest of their (laughs) life. That's right. That's like just a rite of passage. (laughs) As a parent or a kid, being a parent and as a kid, yeah, we've all got those stories as kids too. So, you in order to invest that HSA. That you first you have to have the right cash flow operating system, the three bank account system, and and the ability so when medical expenses suddenly come up, that you've got a plan for them, so you don't need to sell your investments. I, guys, I yeah, I've been investing my HSA. I told you that on the show when we made that change two three years ago, and uh, yeah, it's underwater right now, mm-hmm. so it'd be painful to to sell right now and say, oh gosh, we got to pay for that cast. And I'll, you know, I guess we'll sell some of these stocks. No, you need to be able to come out of, have that come out of cash flow. Now, if I've got any empathy in me right now, and you've been able to tough it through this show, you've heard us say, <laughs> increase your savings, pay more taxes, meaning, you know, do, do Roth, increase what's going into your kid's 529 plan, and pay for medical expenses out of pocket. Don't you realize everything costs more right now? Yeah. Don't you realize it costs more at the pump? It costs more for chicken wings. It costs more just to do the stuff that I wanted to do. You guys must be tone deaf. No, we're living that too. I know that. We know that. 
And so I, I understand that some of these ideas you might say, yeah, I can't afford that right now, but work with your CFP, see if there's some adjustments that you should make and maybe say no to something so you can say yes to some of these as well. But that's kind of the whole point as well, right? Like to be a buyer of investments that have future growth potential, part of the reason you have to have that built into your financial life is because inflation is real. Yes, it is like in our face right now as a society, as an entire world, but it's also been quietly lurking all along. And certainly future retirees eventually come face to face with inflation as well. And, and you can't save your way towards your most important goals. You have to grow your way towards them. And if it's true that you make your money on the buy side, now is the time for you to get dialed in and get serious about what growth potential am I building into my financial life, even if it is at a time when it's like, man, cash feels a little bit tighter. To me, take that as an opportunity to, to just be real about what life is going to feel like out in the future and make this a priority. Yeah, I would say embrace the Bernard Paradox. Because mm-hmm. as you, as it, this is going to, if you sharpen your focus right now and you realize, hey, I can uh, be, I can be even more precise in my spending and I've got, now I do have other resources that I can save. Once my savings are filled up to the right levels, now I've got money that I can invest and as you as you do that system over and over and over again, you're going to have ability an ability to take advantage of these opportunities. Not every one of these opportunities, you you might not say yes to all of them, mm-hmm. but I would say consider them. And if you if they're not for you, you probably know someone. You probably know someone right now who's sending their kids to to a K through twelve private school, and they're not using five twenty nine plan money to do that. You probably should talk to them and say, hey, make sure you're paying that tuition out of the 529 plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's all kinds of great ideas baked in here. So, okay, <laughs> next next idea, right as we're talking about be a buyer, uh, next idea is consider tax loss harvesting. Now, that mm-hmm. means you've got to sell. Now, here's here's how this works. If you're, as you're saving up for your long-term goals, specifically your retirement goal, the very, one of the first things you need to do is get that tax shelter strategy. And we've talked about that several times uh, on the show. We're going to keep talking about it because it's so critically important. And you can only do that in the context of a financial plan, looking at all six areas of your financial life. Otherwise, if we're just going to be honest, brutally honest, you're guessing. Okay, so you've got to figure out what your tax shelter strategy is. If you have any dollars that are invested outside of a tax shelter because you inherited them or you just threw some extra money into a different account, something like that. All like those dollars, they're not tax sheltered, meaning capital gains are going to show up on your return. Capital losses will show up on your return. Interest dividends will show up on your tax return. Well, the capital gain, capital losses will go unrealized, meaning they don't impact your return until you sell something. Right now, if you have some of those dollars that have a unrealized loss because you've been saving over these past couple of years and now the market's uh, depressed, um, you could sell to capture that loss and reinvest those dollars into something else. We're not suggesting, well, from a tax standpoint, sell and then just put it in cash. Mm-hmm. No, I, I wouldn't do that. Sell and reinvest. As long as it's not into a substantially same investment, then you're allowed to capture that loss. And I would tell you, actually, we've done a few Wise Money and XY Step uh, videos about this. 
make sure you reinvest it in something you're willing to hold. Right. Because <laughs> if you're right. right and this thing all of a sudden starts going up and now you've got all this you know, unrealized gain, it would be foolish to say, well, I captured loss and then now I sold this other thing at a gain. Great. I'm in good, you know, a, a good spot. No, that was that was foolish. Shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. I think the point in this, though, this is just another one of the examples of where if you look at your financial life through the lens of tax planning, you may discover new opportunities that can help you even in a bear market like this. Yeah. And so don't just look at your investments through an investment lens. Make sure that you're, you're taking a more holistic approach, that you're, you're integrating all the areas of your financial life when you're making decisions or just evaluating what should your next great step be. All right. Last one. This might be the last one we have time for. Yep. Um, consider. Now, this isn't for everyone. Depends on your situation. If you're at retirement, in retirement, near retirement, maybe, maybe this is for you, consider locking in a high fixed interest rate. Not on your mortgage, not on your borrowing, but on your savings. Uh, Now, why? Well, hopefully, inflation is going to start coming down. And mathematically, we should expect that it will. That doesn't mean prices will go back to where they were, but prices will not accelerate as much as they were. And that means inflation will come down. And if that happens, then interest rates may be coming down as well. It might not happen for a year. Well, while we've got these this high inflation and high interest rates, can you lock in, can you take advantage and lock in a higher interest rate for five years or three years into an investment and reap some of those benefits? May not be for a lot of, for a lot of you, but if you're in retirement, near retirement, talk to your CFP about that. Any quick comment, Kevin? No, I, I like that because if, if you can guarantee a three-year rate, five-year rate, seven-year rate in the 45 to 5% plus range, that might be a, a nice proxy for bonds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Work with your certified financial planner on all of these, okay? Who's doing uh, comprehensive financial planning with you? That is the way to be opportunistic. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My goal for this show was to say everything. Say everything. <laughs> How close are you? That was one of my. <laughs> are you within thirteen minutes? <laughs> that was. Uh, I remember that movie, "Say Everything," uh, with John Cusack in it. Say anything. Say anything. Oh, Uh-oh. all right, my bad. <laughs> Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA/SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.